is as breath in your body, there is hope. Welcome to Think Hope Podcast. I am your hopeologist, Dr. Rosalind Y. Lewis Tompkins, and I am here to facilitate your journey of hope. Yes, the hope train is back running down the track, and we are so very excited about upcoming April National Month of Hope. We always start in November for our Thanksgiving Think Hope podcast, and then we go to December for our Christmas Think Hope podcast and our January New Year Think Hope podcast, moving on in to April, which will be National Month of Hope 2024. So we are kicking off our campaign. That is, Are You Hoped? Yes, Are You Hoped? And we're going to talk about what it means to be hoped, and we're going to hope a lot of people as we're leading up to April National Month of Hope and then all throughout the year of 2024. We have so many exciting things coming up. Today, however, is our Thanksgiving Thinko podcast, and I am so thankful to have a very special guest that will join us today, and that is none other than Mr. Kelly Wright. And Mr. Kelly Wright, he is an eminent journalist who is Emmy award-winning anchor, reporter, and former co-anchor on Fox News. He also worked for the Black News Channel, and he's currently a senior Capitol Hill correspondent with NTD News in Washington, D.C. And he has launched on this year this show that got our attention, and that is America's Hope. America's Hope. Can you hear that? Can you see that hope connection that has been made? And what Mr. Wright does, he searches out stories from across different backgrounds to find people who have turned tragedy into triumph and giving hope to those in despair. And as a hopeologist, I was blown away when I got a chance to meet this world-renowned journalist at the Speak, Sail, and Shine Conference in Washington, D.C. at the National Press Conference with my dear friend, Dr. Pam Perry. I met Mr. Kelly Wright at that particular event, and there was a hope connection made immediately because he was coming to Tallahassee, Florida, the following week. And I was returning here because, you know, this is our headquarters in Tallahassee, the capital of the state of Florida. And this is where the Global Epicenter of Hope is located. 
in Tallahassee, Florida, and as he was coming here to do an interview with someone else, we made a Hope Connection, and he interviewed me for his America's Hope show that airs on the YouTube channel and so many other outlets, as well as television all around the globe. It is global. And I was so honored to be a guest with him. And as we continue to chat from time to time, I said, hey, Kelly, why don't you come on Think Hope Podcast and share a little bit about your journey of hope with us? And he said, sure, I would be delighted. We are in for a pleasant surprise because he's also a singer. And he has a song about the love train, and it's so smooth and nice. And he has other material that we will share with you today as we take our hope breaks throughout the interview and throughout the show. So we are so excited to have world-renowned Mr. Kelly Wright with us today on Think Hope Podcast. So I am so delighted to bring before you now none other than world-renowned Mr. Kelly Wright. Welcome to Think Hope Podcast. Uh, Rosalind, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to join the Hopeologist. The, the person uh, who authored the book, as long as there is breath, I have hope. And I, I think I think I I don't have that title correctly, but as long as there's breath in my body, I yes. still have hope, and I love that. Yes, yes, that that's it, and and it resonates with you, and I can tell, and I know why. Whenever I found out about your America's Hope show that you're doing and how your focus has turned to hope let's let's why don't you just introduce yourself and in your own words and just share a little bit about uh your america's hope show that you're doing well great i'd love to uh so america's hope is something that was really birthed in me uh from god uh, about 15 years ago and I initially uh, wrote a book called America's Hope in Troubled Times, and and it came as a result of my working for many years as a, a broadcast journalist in television news, uh, not only at Fox News, but even some local stations, and I was traveling around the world seeing people mired in anxiety and stress and uh, uh, reacting to the negative things that happen in the world, the wars, the crying, the mm-hmm. uh, human trafficking, uh, all of the things, the divisiveness that we go through racially, politically, and culturally. And I kept thinking there's so much more than what we're giving people, which really amounts to uh, actually giving people on a daily basis, bombarding them with, with a lot of toxic, negative news that really equates to pumping poison into the minds of people. Uh, yeah, we have to talk about what's happening. There's reality that, that negative things do go on, bad things happen. But I like to elevate the good news in the bad news world. And so mm-hmm. I kept asking people, what if we can give hope? And a lot of people didn't understand it. They kept thinking, well, it's too Pollyannish, it's too too positive. Uh, <laughs> 
very famous people saying, well, your show's too positive, and, and I've got to think about my audience. Well, what does that say? It means that you're catering to inducing fear and uncertainty mm-hmm. rather than hope and certainty. So the Bible says in Hebrews 6.19, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary where we find this hope being the anchor that holds us, that helps us, and builds us. And that's what I strive to do with America's Hope. Is yeah. America's Hope a religious show? No, it's a, it's a show that provides information and inspiration. And look, let's face it, if you're going to talk about hope, you can't really deliver hope without people coming on and expressing their faith narrative and the power of what they believe in and how it has sustained them. So that is what America's Hope is about, is talking to people like you and, and other people uh, focusing on what they've been through and how how devastating their lives have been, but how because of this wonderful gift of hope that is God-given, uh, mm-hmm. they have risen above those circumstances because of their faith, because of their hope, because of their love for God and themselves, and they've seen breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough, which goes exactly to the epitome of Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. That's, yes. that's what I'm trying to do uh, on a daily basis when I do this show, America's Hope. That is certainly needed all around the globe, and especially here in America, and as we're seeing the wars and the rumors of war and just so many things that's taking place. Can you think of any stories that come to mind uh, that were um, just the epitome of what you're talking about? Absolutely. Well, we can look at the situation right now. Uh, there are so many examples that I have. One example that comes to mind is what we're currently going through in terms of the Israel-Hamas war. You just mm-hmm. said it yourself that hope is global. And, and while I call this America's hope, I realize that What's, what's hopeful for America is hopeful for the rest of the world. Everybody hopes to have their children live productive lives. Uh, so I've spoken to people in Israel in the, in the, in the aftermath of what took place on October 7th. And of mm-hmm. course in the aftermath of Israel having a right to defend itself and, and conducting a counter attack and, and going in to get rid of Hamas. But what I what I was able to do, I was able to speak to some people living in uh, Israel, and they mm. talked about in the midst of losing loved ones, they still hold on to hope, hope for peace, wow. hope for a breakthrough uh, to get beyond war, and 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 turning you know. Uh, turning things around, albeit they're, they're, they're saying we've got to be resolute and calling wrong, wrong and, and standing up against evil, but still hoping for good outcomes, not just for Jewish people, for Christians, for Islamic people, for bringing that region together. Is that a, a difficult task? You bet it is. Certainly it is. Uh, but if anyone gives up on hope, then that leads to hopelessness, mm-hmm. which leads to uh, negativity and defeat. So I would say that right now that there are people on the ground who are still holding out hope 
and holding out faith in God to have a breakthrough. In fact, there was one guy I spoke to, Michael Mistretta, who actually has a program that he's been doing in uh, is, uh, Israel for quite a bit involving uh, Christian Arabs as well as uh, Jewish people in uh, Israel. And he brings them all together through a ministry of reconciliation, uh, different cultures coming together. And he was explaining to me, he said, Kelly, in the midst of all of this, we still have a program called Love Thy Neighbor, where we're actually trying out, uh, trying to, to go along uh, to, to let people know that we must love our neighbor. Oh, and by the way, love and pray for our enemies. So that, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's always a, a, a prevailing hope that, that endures. Uh, I'll give you another example. There's a young man uh, here in America, in Atlanta, Georgia. He mm-hmm. grew up uh, in Pittsburgh. His name is Archie Jackson. Archie Jackson was uh, a man who, uh, growing up in Pittsburgh in the Hill District, which is uh, uh, an impoverished uh, uh, and sometimes crime-ridden and drug-ridden community, he said they would never do drugs and never get involved in that kind of stuff. Uh, and he wanted to, to really become a, a man who was successful. He joined the Marine instead of going to college. And in the Marine Corps, uh, his father passed away, and he got angry at God and decided, well, you took away my father, so I'm going to take away the people you love. And it turned around that he became one of, one of the biggest drug kingpins, making millions of dollars and actually uh, hurting and poisoning people. Uh, and uh, then he was jailed. And I'm shorting, truncating his story, but he was jailed and mm-hmm. really did some hard time. Well, in the midst of that prison, God and he began to speak to each other and had a face-to-face meeting. Archie's life was turned around to the point that once he finally uh, realized that God was the source of his hope, he apologized for what he did as a, as a, a drug dealer. He was able to start becoming a a minister of the gospel right there while he was going through incarceration. Uh, and he's now out on the streets instead of uh, being a, a drug dealer, he's a hope dealer. Mm. Helping kids, helping uh, youth, and helping uh, men and women understand the power of hope in their lives. And that is what we are all about when we talk about the hope campaign and the things that we are doing here with Mothers in Crisis as we are we are making our way to the April National Month of Hope where we'll have many activities planned. But one of the things that, that we're going to do this year, and that is to highlight those stories just as you are. And, um, and I know you have so many. I'm going to definitely be calling on you. To, uh, to just get some suggestions of people that we can talk to and that we can highlight their story even further because I really believe in the power of the testimony. The Word of God says that we overcome by our testimony. And, and whenever we can share the stories of others that can bring hope and let people know that, hey, if they made it, I can make it too. A hundred percent right. Uh, those powerful narratives and those stories of hope inspire us all to hold on and persevere mm-hmm. and endure and overcome. Yes. Now we're going to take a little break and we are going to hear one of your beautiful songs and then we're going to come back and continue our hope chat. 
as I'm having a powerful Hope Chat today with Mr. Kelly Wright. You are the epitome of someone who is peddling this hope that we're talking about. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your friendly conductor. Welcome aboard the love train. Isn't brown, black, or white, but it's crimson. We all bleed the same. If you don't feel the groove, it's all right. If our hearts beat inside a hateful rhythm You see, love isn't bought But comes with a price of forgiveness And we all bleed the same If you're not with it been listening to the smooth sounds of Mr. Kelly Wright's Love Train. I believe we're going to have to rename our Hope Train to the Faith, Hope, and Love Train and adopt this song. What do you think? Let us know. Now back to more of my Hope Chat with Emmy-winning journalist, reporter, and psalmist, the good news man. 
Mr. Kelly Wright. Mr. Wright, what is mm-hmm. your motivation for for what you're doing uh journalistically speaking as as well as um otherwise? And and why don't you tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you are doing? Wow, um so I I still do music. Uh, obviously I I'm taping this wonderful show America's Hope uh in New York with uh NTD News and Epic Times. Mm-hmm. Uh I think the main thing I'm trying to do right now is to follow God's direction, follow his lead and be obedient. Uh and I didn't always live that way. I mean there were times that you know I had a I had my own definition of how I was following Christ and 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 leading people mm-hmm. uh and and what God began to do is show me through my sins and my mistakes and my setbacks uh that the only comeback was through him and uh, I like to tell people because sometimes people really build you up you know mm-hmm. uh and and if you're not careful you can allow that to make you feel that you're doing the right thing and and God is telling you, you know the right thing is to obey me and to understand who I am and who you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I like telling people, Rosalind, that uh, there are ten commandments that people always talk about. And actually, if you read the Bible, there are more than 500 commandments that we've been given in the law in the Old Testament, and Jesus came to fulfill all of that. Uh, but I like telling people, I've broken and violated every commandment there is. So I couldn't be anything without the grace and mercy and love of Jesus Christ mm. and once I came to the conclusion of that and realized that I had made so many mistakes so many uh, sins uh, God uh, brought me the redemption through the cross of Calvary and beyond that uh, uh, salvation he also brought me deliverance but it takes those of us in the body of Christ who understand that we must follow him and worship him in spirit and truth and be obedient to his word. We have mm-hmm. to be accountable and responsible for the things that we've done. Otherwise, hope is in a vacuum and we can never touch it and feel it and sense it because we have not go- gotten over our brokenness. And so mm-hmm. what I do, you ask me what I do, I try to exemplify the life that Christ taught me to follow and that is to follow him and what did he do he went about doing something good he spent quality time with his father and that's what I strive to do now I wake up in the morning before dawn and I'm usually praying with some brothers on the line called men's huddle or I'm mm-hmm. praying within myself or praying for my family I'm praying for the day to start and I'm praying to become an agent of change through the power of God's hope and that's what I do and I take that to the workplace. I share that with it with people everywhere I go. And and then I seek forgiveness for the things that I've done in the past so that God is redeeming my present and restoring my my past and then building me up for a future and a hope. So that's what I do. And then I do it with joy. Now I'm sounding very serious right now, but I love wearing a smile on my face because I'm so blessed. <laughs> 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 yes, you I'm are, and I can hear that. 
I, and, and I'm so blessed because I, I can look at my wife, I can look at my children, and look at my children's children, and then I can see how their lives are, are developing as a result of what my wife has poured into them, what I've poured into them. Because I always say that the greatness of a nation really starts in the homes of its people. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, because of the pressures that are on us and bombard us, those negative stories that I talked about, or those negative situations that cause a lot of angst and stress and anxiety, uh, many families are, are failing. They're falling into divorce uh, for many reasons. Um, and, and I got to a point in my life where I said, God, I really want to truly be a family man and honor my wife, honor my children by following and being obedient to you. Mm-hmm. And that took a process. It took a process of humbling myself before the Lord and, and letting him teach me and deliver me and reach into the depths of my soul and say, okay, I've saved you. I need you to obey me. I need you to trust me and devote yourself to me. Once I did that, hope began to burn bright. And I see it more now than ever. In all those 15 years that I kept trying to make America's Hope a television show, I look back over it now and God didn't deliver it immediately because I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. It's just like when you became the Hopeologist, you had to go through a crisis. I like, I like the, how you put it. The world is going through a hope crisis. Yes. And sometimes that hope crisis is caused by the fact that we are walking around miseducated, misdirected, and misguided, and so mm-hmm. we pray amiss. But Lord have mercy, thank you, Jesus, that the truth comes through with yes. the Word of God and being obedient to Him so that what? Hope prevails. Faith becomes real. Love becomes real. And then you have hope over despair, faith over fear, and love over hate. Because I can't talk about anybody else. I can talk about me. I can share the stories that people tell me. But when I talk about me, i got to keep it real. I'm yes. a sinner saved by grace, and thank you for that, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, I tell you, I can, I can really relate to your, your passion for, for God, the Word of God, the, the way of God, the things of God, and, and the eternal forces that we're talking about today. Because you cannot have one without the other. Because faith, we must have faith in order to please God. But faith is made up of hope. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then love, the substance of of love is God because God is love. And then the substance of hope is love because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So this eternal force, we're not talking about wishful thinking or, you know, crossing our fingers behind our back and wishing upon a star. We're talking about something that is certain, that is sure, As you said, uh, when you mentioned the scripture in Hebrews, that is an anchor for our soul. So we have something real. And I can tell when you begin to share that it really, it's like you come alive. (laughs) You come alive because it's so deep uh, within your spirit. We're going to take another break and hear another beautiful song Uh, by Mr. Kelly Wright, and then we'll be right back. Stay tuned.
explosions rip through the heart of the city, inflicting pain and casualty. A cowardly act of despicable terror, increasing fear and misery. The way we're living our lives oh, it's so This kind of living ain't right In times like these Do you ever wonder Could it be we need a and broken dreams Oh, it's so crazy The way we're living our lives Oh, it's so crazy This kind of living ain't right been listening to a wonderful song entitled Savior by Mr. Kelly Wright and it really makes you think what the world needs now is love and could it be we need a savior yes 
And amen to that. Now let's get back to our Hope Chat and hear more from Mr. Wright. Okay, Kelly, I want to ask you this because I know you have been out here for quite some time and God has used you mightily in the field of journalism and you've had to go into some some tough uh, places and situations. What are some challenges that, that you've had to overcome? So some of the challenges have come directly from some of the stories that I've tried to, to, to tell. Uh, when I covered the war in Iraq, the, the challenge was trying to find that glimmer of hope in the mm-hmm. midst of a war-torn region where people were losing their lives, where uh, an insurgency was rising up to try to um, attack innocent people living uh, in the country of Iraq because uh, the, the insurgency was basically radical people who would kill their own people, their, the people of the same faith, and it would kill them because they were actually participating with uh, and helping U.S. soldiers in the coalition of the willing forces who were trying to eradicate the threat from uh, from from forces that were were just trying to make Iraq uh, just a poisoned well. Saddam Hussein mm-hmm. was in was had been captured and. Uh, but the insurgency was rising. And, and what happened, Rosin, I started going around seeing, uh, how Iraqi children and mothers and some fathers would respond to, uh, U.S. soldiers. And, and, and they were running up to them saying, thank you for your help. Um, and it, look, politically, it was dicey. Political, politically, mm-hmm. a lot of things had been done wrong. But I began to look deeper and say, what's going on here? Why are these children and, and these mothers and, and some of these fathers responding to men and women in uniform with their weapons and still out there talking to them saying, we welcome you here, thank you, even though they were risking their own lives in doing so. And it's not that I was looking at it from afar. I was up close. So I remember going out with a captain, John Morning, and we called him the, the, the Baghdad. Here's a U.S. soldier. And he says, Kelly, I love these people right where they are. Hmm. And as, if you look around, they're coming up to me. He says, I meet with, I meet with clerics. I meet with uh, Christians because there were Christians living in Baghdad as well. Uh, and a lot of people didn't know that at the start of the war. Um, and a lot of the Jewish people had already fled that area because of the way they were being targeted by some of the radical Islamic people there. Um, and, and when I began to see through Captain John Morning or, uh, uh, or Captain John, uh, I'm going to mess up his last name, so, but I'll, anyway, he was another captain there. And then mm-hmm. I began to see it through the eyes of moms and, and children. I went into some of the Iraqi homes, and I talked to the moms and the children, saying, why are you welcoming U.S. soldiers into your home when there are other people here in this country saying they're infidels? And you know what they told me? They give me hope. Wow. They provide me with, with hope. And when we reach out to them, when we need school supplies for our kids, they are there giving us school supplies. And, and then I went to a soccer field. Soccer is really big. It's, they call it football. Soccer is really big with the kids there. 
and with the citizens uh, uh, there. And I remember going through this entire field, the Sussex, thousands of people there. And of course, our U.S. forces are armed up because of the fact that people are out to kill them. And they're bringing soccer balls that, that had been sent to them by companies in America that wanted to give hope. Mm-hmm. They're a soccer ball. And they just give you a soccer ball and some, some swag, some clothing, and some food. You know, when I saw that, I said, that's a story we need to tell. But in the midst of the war, there's a noble thing going on where people were actually trying to break bread together. I had some of the Iraqi citizens tell me, you know, we long for the day that you can come back here and visit us, Kelly, and not have to be wearing a helmet and a flak jacket. And the same thing with the soldiers here, that they can take off their weapons, lay their weapons down, and we break bread together. Mm. That's hope. Those that are the is. kinds of stories. Um, I'll tell you another story that I think is powerful for, for all of your audience. I know you visit Africa a lot. In 1999, mm-hmm. I think this is one of the stories that really resonates with me. In 1999, December of that year, I visited Benin, West Africa, when then-President Matthew Carrico and then-President Gerald Rollins Zagata convened a conference to apologize for the transatlantic slave trade. And Carrico, uh, President Carrico stood before uh, this large audience from around the world that presented the slave trade, put before them and said, let me apologize to you for this dastardly deed and slip upon and upon our ancestors. <clears throat> and then he wanted to explain, while we didn't initiate the slave trade, we perpetuated by selling our own into captivity. And he said, I apologize mm. for the past. So all of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth, King of kings and Lord of lords, and I seek your forgiveness in Jesus' name. There was a dry eye in the place. The place was quiet. This is a a country that was mostly, uh, had become mostly Islamic, but yet there was a Christian uh, community there, a Jewish community there. And this brother stood in this area as the president of a nation and apologize with the name and evoking the name of the kings and lords. And he apologized. And I asked him later in a private setting, now that you've made this apology, what do you want America to know? He said, you must tell America that they are still a beacon of hope. And then I said, well, more specifically, then, what would you have me say to African-Americans? He said, you must tell African-Americans to never see themselves as victims, but as victors. We view them as being the modern-day Joseph's who helped build the global economy we enjoy today. And in them, we place a great deal of hope for a better tomorrow. My God, my God, yeah. I have never forgotten that story. I told that story, I shared that story with Certain presidential candidates back in the day who were of African-American descent, and they never shared the story, Mm. which indicates that there are some people who, while they profess to have a faith and a hope, they still want to hold on to those things that will induce fear and uncertainty. You are definitely 
one that is bringing hope to the nations. And I just thank God for the hope connection that we were able to make. And I know that it's something that uh, I believe will be very fruitful. And as you were speaking, I thought about what you were saying about hope and how it just springs up. And especially when you go to the other nations uh, of the world, and I thought about some of the, the, the trips that I've taken to Turkey, to Haiti, to uh, uh, Africa, and, and some of the other Caribbean islands, and hope always comes up. Mm-hmm. And that's because it is so needed and it's so powerful. And whenever we we understand that we have to be those that can capture those hopeful moments and then begin to fan the flames of hope so it can burn brightly throughout this this whole entire world you are so right and 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 just the very definition of hope uh like webster dictionary it's a feeling of expectation desire for a certain thing to happen uh, you know, if it's, it's wanting something to happen or be the case. Now that's, that's the, that's the Webster dictionary version or a desire accompanied by expectation or belief in fulfillment. You know, the, the biblical definition of hope is that it never fails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and the biblical definition of hope is that the Lord is good to those who depend on Him, to those who search for Him, uh, the, the, you know, the definition of hope is that the hope is found in the cross at Calvary. The hope for salvation, the hope for breakthrough, the hope for deliverance, the hope for reconciliation. And, and, and what we must do is to continue to inform uh, and then let God's word transform uh, people. You know, and, uh, you know, Paul the Apostle talks about we have to no longer follow the culture, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we have to renew our minds to, to actually make sure that our aspirations and our desires are first to please God, uh, to trust and obey, and to really rely on faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these being love. And that's really what hope is born out of, this love that God has for his creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in our, in our Declaration of Independence, we talk about that we're all uh, created by our Creator, with certain inalienable rights. And among these are the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But, you know, I've talked about the American dream around the world because I have found that the American dream and the American hope is universal. Yes. Even in a communist country, there are people yes. who are fleeing those communist countries because they want to get away from the persecution because they're hoping for a better day, a better future. Yes, yes. When we're talking about this hope, it's a sacred conversation because we're talking about the living hope, Jesus Christ, and he is packaging himself in such a way where people can, can, can wrap their hands, their hearts, their heads around him, around this hope. And as you were talking about the transforming, uh, to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, that's what we call thinking hope 
in the practice of hopology, where we have a whole process to learn how to think hope, how to speak hope, how to imagine hope, and then, of course, how to spread hope so that we can turn this whole crisis around. You know, that's so true, uh, uh, Ross. And, and may I share this real quickly? I, I mean, as you're talking, I'm, I, yeah. I, I got my word written out in front of me. You know, I'm looking at the Bible, and, and this verse comes to mind, Romans 5, 3. Uh, we can share God's glory. We can rejoice, too. And this, this is so appropriate for our discussion right now. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our competent hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Yes. My God, it's a hope that never dies. you got to praise him. <laughs> this is our Thanksgiving uh, episode. Tell us some of the things that you are thankful for, and then what brings you hope. Well, the first thing i got to say is I'm thankful for... Uh, our risen Savior, uh, who calls me his friend, and that's Jesus. Uh, what a wonderful thing to be called a friend and, and, and to be saved. Um, and then I'm thankful for my family, my wife, uh, who put up with me for, it will be 40 years this January. Wow. Uh, you talk about hope. Congratulations. She just had a hope that has endured. <laughs> Because <laughs> there aren't too many men who admit that uh, that they well, there are men who are admitting it now because they're realizing that their wives are a precious gift uh, given to us. I'm thankful for my children, uh, my three children, and my grandchildren, and uh, my great grandchild. You know, I'm. You know, I, 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 I'm grateful that God has allowed me to live these years and to keep me young and active and keep my mind, uh, stayed on Him. And it, it took a while, but the, the main thing I'm hopeful for and thankful for, and, and I want to make this perfectly clear, and some of you have heard this statement before, I thank God for creating in me this, this, this message of, of hope to the world to encourage them and and I have a habit of telling people as you've heard this song before I'm just a nobody mm -hmm. trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody and and that's that's that living mm -hmm. hope that's what I'm thankful for I'm thankful for you I'm thankful for 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 friends I'm thankful for even enemies because they teach me how to love and forgive uh, as I should love and forgive myself. I'm thankful every day because every day is precious. Every moment on this planet is precious. And I'm thankful for the fact that I now know that when I'm dead and gone, I'm actually rising up with Christ. Um, and so life continues because How? he's given me this eternal hope that he will be with me always and forever. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on our Think Hope podcast and 
for making this Hope Connection, and I am thankful for you as well and for the things that, that you're doing and the hope that you're bringing all around the world. Thank you. Rosalind, thank you. God bless you. Stay strong and courageous because you're putting your hope in the Lord. Praise God. So in the streets we cry Cause our babies die From all the guns and the violence So we raise our hands And lift our demands But the violence is not silenced Coming back to save humanity. What do I see? Christ stepping in to stop our insanity. I've taken a look around and I'll tell you what I see. Our children safe because peace abounds. Take a look around, I'll tell you what I see. Mankind finding common ground. So on my knees I pray for that better day. Oh God, please show us the way. Let our faith abound. 
Remember, as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope.